Welcome to Tris with me, your host, Tris Anderson. This little island boy has had a roller coaster of a life full of trials and tribulations. But every time I have been knocked down, I have picked myself right back up again. I hope this podcast will help you do the same. I am constantly looking for ways I can bring out the very best in the people around me and positively impact the world. Welcome to Tris. Hey guys, so I am really excited to talk to you today. Today's episode is called In the Shadow of Another. If you're not familiar with how I work, my process is usually to sit down for about a week or two and come up with, after some meditation, some reading, some note-taking, come up with a few topics that I believe I can speak passionately about and topics that are rooted in usually an experience that I have had or experiences that I've had. Today's episode is no different to that. Today's episode is something that I have feel like I get to talk about in real time because it came up yet again yesterday at dinner and I am enthralled with excitement because I feel this in my core because it is so recent. I want to talk about what it's like to be with somebody that's older and such an extrovert and I want to talk to you about that as it comes up socially. I'll explain it a little bit in a second. Let's start with what happened yesterday, okay? So Kevin, myself, Kevin's friend, Gary, and our neighbors, uh, Jody and um, Don, went out to dinner last night at this fabulous, really casual Mediterranean restaurant in Fort Lauderdale called Greek Isles. Love it. It's a great restaurant. But I don't like going out to dinner with Kevin. And it's not about Kevin. And I'm realizing as I'm evolving, I'm realizing I'm, I can put my finger on what it is. I just never really loved it. I love going out by myself. I love going out with my friends. I, I, I always love going out with just Kevin and I, but I've been struggling to identify what the issue is. And I think I've discovered, I think I uncovered what the issue was last night. I'm sitting down at the dinner table and I'm trying to get a word in. And these older people, because as you know, Kevin is you know nearly 50 years older than me. So that by virtue means his friends are nearly 50 years older than me usually or thereabouts. And I'm 99.9% of the time the youngest person at the table. And I realized that I need to work on something. I need to work on my presence. I need to work on my confidence and I need to work on how I hold a conversation. I find it incredibly difficult being taken seriously or when I talk, not being spoken over. When Kevin talks, and I observed this, and I think this is an amazing quality about him, and I need to really become a student of this. When Kevin talks, the table is silent, their ears are open, they are engaged, rarely with exception. And when there is exception, Kevin has absolutely no problem looking that person in the eye and saying, excuse me, I was in the middle of speaking and continues right on or saying, excuse me, I, I wasn't done with my story and continuing right on. This is probably a quality of being a corporate CEO 
I think that this is a quality absolutely necessary. I can foresee this being a quality that is paramount in holding the conversation. And I can do this. I can most certainly do this amongst my friends. I can most certainly do this amongst 40% of the people in my life, maybe 50% of the people in my life. But my question to you is, and this is what I'm struggling with, as a 26-year-old sitting at the table with people above the age of 50, is it disrespectful for me to say, excuse me, I was in the middle of saying something and then continuing right on? And the reason why that is my question is often last night, there were topics brought up that I felt I had viable information and a viable point of view to express. But yet, when I would start speaking, and oftentimes in the middle of speaking, someone, either they didn't hear me or they didn't respect my me <laughs> enough to stay quiet while I finish my point. So my coping mechanism with this, because this has been going on for quite some time, my coping mechanism with this that I have observed is just to become a listener, which has served me really well. I have heard and been exposed to really intelligent conversations, and I'm very grateful for that. But at what point does one whom routinely has been a wallflower, at what point is it appropriate to step up and interject a point of view? And is there a way that that can be done without being disrespectful to the group? You see, it's very important to me to hold my own, capture the attention of the table when necessary, express an intelligent perspective, and then be open to conversation about that. I don't need to be the center of attention, and I would prefer not to be. But it was interesting that six to eight months ago, I wrote this topic uh, right down in my notes to bring to the podcast. I named it In the Shadow of Another, and I described it as being a topic about being an introvert and being in a relationship with a total extrovert. And that is part of it. But I realized there's a lot more moving parts to this topic. There's a question of age. There is a question of experience. There is a question of validity to my point of view because of my lack of experience. And my ability, this is probably paramount, my ability to navigate a social gathering with respect for the seniors amongst me, but also in a respectful fashion, hold my own and express an intelligent point of view, which I most definitely have. When I observe Kevin, he walks into a room with a subtle confidence. Now, knowing him personally, I can tell you that's not manufactured. It comes very naturally to him. It's something that he is adapt at. When he's in the middle of a conversation, he speaks intelligently with charisma. He could work on his listening skills, <laughs> but he is a man after all. So there's, you know, one has to give him some leash on that. But he is a peacock, most definitely. He gains excitement and um, enthusiasm and energy from being in a room where I do not. And that is probably why I was so attracted to him in the first place. Usually we are attracted to those, whether it be in a romantic fashion or not, but we are, our energy is usually attracted to those that are emitting, yes, confidence, but it goes beyond that. Usually a, a quality that we admire 
or that we find difficult to exude ourselves. I certainly admire his charisma and his ability to hold a crowd and his ability to navigate a social crowd. You know, and the bigger the crowd, the better for Kevin. You know, he can walk into a room with 250 people and be filled with energy, enthusiasm and excitement for the occasion. I can walk into a room of 250 and immediately shut down. It becomes a job and a task for me. It doesn't mean I can't do it. I can. I can most definitely turn on my charisma when necessary. But at the end of an hour, Kevin will be energized. And at the end of an hour, I will be depleted. And that's the difference between the two of us. And that's what excites me so much about him. And that's why I really love, love socializing with him for the most part. We know that charisma and the ability to have good conversation skills are key elements in business. And that's something that I have had to learn with time. One thing that I did a lot of when I first started my business was networking meetings, networking groups and things like that. And that was probably one of the most important learning lessons for me or learning opportunities for me. And it exposed me to one of my biggest challenges, which is walking into a room and being charismatic, going up to a perfect stranger, introducing myself with a firm handshake and telling people about what I did and why I did it, etc. But I did it and I learned how to do it. And it comes very naturally to Kevin. He's a total extrovert and I am not. So what has that taught me? Well, that's taught me that to some, that comes very naturally and to others, it doesn't. But to everyone, it can be learned. Some things in life can be learned. Some things in life cannot. And being charismatic, being able to navigate a social gathering, being able to lead with confidence can be learned. And one of the things I want to share right now with you are three ways that I have found help me lead with confidence. First of all, having a strong core, it may seem totally unrelated, but it's absolutely related. When I am most nervous walking into today, for example, I have a meeting at 11 a.m. in Palm Beach, and I'm actually nervous about this meeting for one reason or another. And what I intend to do, which will totally transform my ability to walk into that meeting with confidence, is I tighten my core. I sit up straight and I recite in my mind, I belong here. I am important. I have an opinion that's valid. And you can recite whatever you want to recite, but that core is really key. The second thing that really helps, I have noticed, is I drop my voice an octave. Listen to this. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Versus, hi, how are you? Hello, how are you doing? It's a totally different feeling. It elicits a totally different response. A higher octave or a vocal fry, as we call it, which is quite common amongst, actually, quite frankly, people my age group, that sort of, hi, how are you going? That does not demand confidence and respect. And this brings me to my third point, taking your time to speak, not feeling rushed or not blitzing through what you have to say, elicits in the audience, whether it be an audience of one or an audience of 250, that sense of tension that requires them to stop and hold their attention on what you're saying. Notice 
that in the last couple of sentences, I have slowed down, I have dropped my octave, and I have prolonged my point, which I bet has pulled you to the edge of your seat. And those are some things that I have recently learned, some from Kevin and some from doing my research on the topic of confidence, that really seem to help. So when I have a point that I want to bring forward, even at the dinner table, for example, last night, what I found helped was when I said, excuse me, I don't want to hang on to that topic too long, but I do want to bring this to your attention. X, Y, and Z. I found that that stopped the people around me, that slowing down of my speech and lowering my octave kept them engaged in my conversation, which I think is so vital because it's something that we all can do. I also ask you to really think about this. You've heard how I have described an introvert and extrovert. Think about what, what are you? What are you naturally? You can work with what you're naturally. If you're naturally an introvert like me, something that I find really helps me in a large group is finding, whether it be one person or five people, whatever that quota, if you will, and spending a specific amount of time with each person. You know, so for example, I recently went to a lovely birthday party. I'd say there were about 25 people there and I knew about five. So I said to myself, I, my goal is to meet two new people and engage with the five people I already knew. That doesn't seem like a lot, but it was manageable for me. And that's what I did. I would spend a little bit of time with every person. And instead of having surface level conversations, which actually most extroverts are very good at, they're very good at talking about surface level conversations, which, you know, start somewhere around the weather and dance somewhere along that, uh, I don't know, political topics. Yes, even though they're socially unacceptable in most groups, amongst the right group, politics could be good. Business is always good, but always surface level, always surface level. Whereas most introverts are more comfortable talking a little bit deeper, maybe about goals, whether that be business or personal. Most introverts are more comfortable talking about dreams, personal stories, personal antidotes, and they go a little bit deeper. So ask yourself, what are you naturally adapt at? Do you prefer to have deeper conversations with fewer people or do you prefer to have surface level conversations with a larger group of people? I saw Kevin circle that party and for every person I talked to, maybe he talked to about 12 and he was filled with excitement the entire time. That is an extrovert. Something else that really, really has helped me is journaling and escapism. I find that, especially in our household where we have eight bedrooms and we have people in and out of our homes as house guests on a weekly basis, I find that I need to escape. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I will take three, five, sometimes seven days to myself. And I will go usually somewhere that I can get to by car or train. And I will escape to find myself, to reconnect with who I am, to recharge. Because like I said, being amongst groups of people for long periods of time exhaust me. And that escapism is vital to who I am and maintaining my emotional health 
The other thing that really helps me is journaling. Setting aside that time in the morning to reflect, usually on a positive note, is paramount in me maintaining myself, maintaining who I am, staying on task with my goals and not losing myself. Lastly, one of the most important things is the pleasure of knowing that Kevin supports where I stand on this. We've had conversations about this very topic. And although he cannot really understand what it feels like to be exhausted by people, because he is so different to me in that regard, he respects and supports what I need to do to recharge. That's all you can ask for in a partner is the understanding. And not only does he understand, but he loves us for our differences, as do I. After talking to you about this and more specifically what happened yesterday at that dinner, I really do want to know, is it inappropriate for a 26-year-old to say to a 66-year-old, excuse me, I wasn't done talking, or excuse me, let me make my point. And if it's inappropriate to say that, what do you recommend? How shall I go about holding my own? And maybe the word isn't demanding, but for the lack of better words, demanding respect. Is that something that I have the right to do? I'd really love to hear from you guys. Today's podcast is really something that has, quite frankly, affected me quite a bit. And it's something I think about a lot. And I love that I have this platform to share with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If today's story helped you, let me know. Connect with me on Instagram at Tris Anderson Photography or email me. My email is hello at trisanderson.com or you can even text me. I'll put my number in the show notes. Come back next time for my next adventure on this little blue planet.